Hey all, welcome to the Common Good. Hey all, welcome to the Common Good podcast. Boy, we're just this is a real this is a real treat what we're pulling off here today. Hey, it's uh, the second day after Labor Day, uh, the second day of the fall after Labor Day here, Tuesday, September fifth. I don't even know what I'm saying, Rob, because I don't know what's happening. I don't know why the sound quit. I don't know why things weren't working, but. For the love. It's not like we don't do this three days a week. I mean, honestly, to all those watching, thanks for sticking with us. And the fact yeah. that we still have these kinds this of mistakes, some, someone's going to get fired. I'm telling you that. Someone, oh. the, the hammer's coming down. We're going to have a meeting and uh, someone's going to go. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Probably like, me. it's like those, yeah, it's like those folks that, uh, and, and if you are, you know, listening, watching, and you're one of these folks, I, I apologize in advance for I'm um, about to say something insulting, but the people who still don't know how to use Zoom mm-hmm. are just like, come, come on, folks, come mm-hmm. on. We had a whole pandemic where we all did this. <laughs> you know, you have if you have to unmute yourself. You, you, you yeah, know, the camera, all, all of it. All of it. The people yeah. who don't know how to use Zoom at this point, I'm just especially I, if they've no been patience. if they've been using it to this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see a, no sec, a second grader might be logging in for the first time to have to take Zoom school. They get a I they get a break. That that eight year old second grader, <laughs> yeah, it's gets a break. A break. You know, Rest the adult the adult mm-hmm. who you know has lived through a pandemic that was which we all were entirely yeah. dependent on Zoom. I, I just know just no patience. Well, around here, we're just, we are consistent. That's what we are. We make mistakes over and over and over. That's, that's what we do. We're not, uh, we're not stuck in a rut. We're just consistent. But it is politics Tuesday, Rob, so we get to talk about politics. Also, check, check in with the weather. It's going to be 98 degrees here. In, uh, we consider this fall in, in Minnesota, where I'm, where I'm from and living. After Tuesday, I mean, state fair is done. Put in the, put in the books. That's it. Let's fall. Uh, all the schools are back in now. Some schools start before Labor Day, but around here, starting gun. It's not only the starting gun for fall, though. It's starting gun for politics. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, how about you? Do you guys consider this fall in the uh, in Northwest Arkansas? Uh, n- no, uh, it it really fall doesn't really start till October here. I don't yeah. think. I mean, it just it just stays so hot, and it's just you know kind of miserable and you know school already came back in session in august so it's not mm-hmm. like i don't know it does i mean it feels like okay it's it's you know the official start of something or the unofficial start of something being past labor day but i don't think um i don't think we consider it fall until until october though the pumpkin spice lattes are out the pumpkin spice yeah, is just see? Boy, and the, you know, if you've I've, been to Lowe's or Home it. Depot, all the uh, fall yeah. decorations are out. Yeah, yeah. The mu- you can buy mums now, and uh, oh. you know the Halloween candy has been out at Walmart for in the Halloween direction uh, uh, decorations and and costumes. You know, I've got I've got a daughter who's who works at uh, works at Starbucks, and uh, you know it's for now that insurance. it's pumpkins. <laughs> no, I more for the paycheck. Um, now that it's uh, pumpkin spice latte season, you know it's it's a big deal. It's a oh. big deal. Well, I'll tell you. You mentioned mums. I I was sent back to Home Depot to buy a bunch of mums. Shelly, yeah. she wanted me to pick up a couple, and I she said four. I did, and then I said, hey, these were a, a dollar each instead of three dollars oh. each. That's what she did. She did that kind of a response. Head moved back, body shook. She said, oh, just like that. Apparently, this is what people do. Home Depot needs an ad for this. So she sent me back uh, to buy, you know, 15 more mums. Um, I know very little about gardening. Yeah. Are mums a fall plant? Yeah. Because you mentioned yes. in the list of fall things, the mums, yes. <laughs> the mums are out. Yes. Is that true? Yes. There's fall yes. plants. I just yes. thought this is when they all died. I, I truly, yeah. I thought, okay. All living things, they, they now show their true colors and they start to diminish and, uh, and go away in the fall. But not the mums. No. Not the mummies. No. <laughs> uh, hey, um, 
You know what Speaking else? Speaking of do? mummies, hey, you know what a lot of people do. You know what a lot of people do over Labor Day, and we certainly did it. A big like cleanup, a big cleanup. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. painted our family room, painted our kitchen. I hung a gutter for the first time in my life, and it worked great until it started leaking all over, and now it looks horrible because yeah. I filled yeah, it with all kinds of sealant. Rained. Yeah, we're great until it rained. Um, <laughs> uh, now there's sealant all over it, but but we did that, cleaned up the basement. I mean, just all the all mm -hmm. the like cleanup stuff. I thought it was just us, but I've been hearing from others that they also sort of yeah. take that Labor Day. Did you guys do that? Did you get a little outdoor, uh, indoor cleanup going? You know, we had um, my my sister-in-law recently moved to Arkansas, and so we've got family around for the first time in forever. So we had we had decided that uh, Labor Day was going to be a little bit of a of a holiday, it's a little celebration. So uh, about one o'clock in the afternoon, she came over with uh, with oh. her kids, um, invited her boss and uh, and his daughter. So. Huh. Um, yeah, so they came over. Really pleasant people had a wonderful time, but um, we had about eighteen pies to eat, which was just a lot. Full and, size, uh, full like eight inch, eight inch pies. I, I, yeah, not eighteen. I mean, I'm exaggerating. Okay. I think there were, I think there were six pies. <laughs> okay, but yeah. real which different is still, story. Okay, yeah, but which is still too many. I mean, yes, you know, um, and. Uh, and I I made some ribs and that were wow absolutely fantastic, and uh, awesome. yeah so we we cleaned up you know because company was coming over yeah. but it wasn't like it wasn't like okay this is our last chance to get some project done oh we've mm -hmm. had Labor Days like that before because Labor Day it's a day to labor, um, but instead mm. um, you know instead we uh, you know we sat around and talked and ate and ourselves silly and uh and enjoyed the holiday it was really really pleasant wow, like thanksgiving yeah 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 i think that's probably why we did it too it's like a list of summer projects what are we going to get done this summer you start that somewhere i know in april may and then by memorial day you're like hey it's summer now <laughs> got to get the projects done. i'd love to hear in the chat people that also had their own projects they had to get done uh we had a bunch of those we also had a little cookout on sunday we uh about a year ago, year and a half ago, we became part of what was called a refugee resettlement circle. That was a yeah. project launched by the Biden administration to mm -hmm. fast track the ability for families, especially from Afghanistan, to be able to come into the United States. Because the Trump administration, in all of their wickedness and evil, chose to totally dismantle the refugee system in the United States. And then on top of that, the pandemic caused a lot of unfunding to happen of the systems that care for refugees. So we, in this country, what we do with the refugees is we ask for nonprofit organizations to be the interface with uh, working alongside some government agencies, but primarily it's nonprofit groups. There's a whole bunch of them, sometimes religiously affiliated, sometimes not, and they're resettlement uh, organizations. They all ran out of money because Trump cut it from the budget and then COVID and all kinds of stuff was going on. So the Biden administration changed the rules of who could participate in helping a family officially resettle. And they allowed people to form a circle. It's a group of people. I think it had to be five. You had to have raised or have in the bank a certain amount of money, a few thousand dollars per person that was going to come into the country to support them. Then you help them find housing and, and all this. So we got into one of these circles. They were at one point, 12 or 15 of us through the end, I don't know, eight or nine. And uh, one of the family, a family that we resettled uh, from Afghanistan have become really great friends and they're just spectacular people. In fact, we need to have them on the podcast sometime to tell their story, how harrowing it was leaving Afghanistan, mm -hmm. how full of joy they are. These are all adult children and older, older parents. There's five of them. Amazing. So we got to have this great, like, I mean, nothing more American than like a Labor Day cookout you know, with uh, an Afghan family that has come to the United States. And boy, it's really wonderful. These refugee circles are still going on, by the way. If you're interested in helping with that kind of thing, you can be officially a part of one. Yeah. You can help form one. You can join one. Yep. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's like a it's like community garage sale, buddy. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. like yes. you, you see we where were... you want professionals doing this and not having a bunch yeah. of, you know, good-hearted people making it yeah. up as you go. 
not all yes a few years ago we were a part of a group that uh helped resettle some refugees from iraq and uh it wow what an experience and um and yes it is shocking yeah how much these things are dependent on the ingenuity and drive and creativity of just average everyday americans that if if somebody didn't step up and like you know find an apartment find beds you know you know go to the thrift store and get a couch and dishes and like helping them get to jobs you know like right it wouldn't give me, it wouldn't get done. It's, it would just, right. It's, it would, it's, yeah. and it's people. And he, look, even when it's the government, even when it's like, <clears throat> well, the government's funding is going to fund an agency and they're going to do it. It still turns out to be that same kind of thing. Like there's somebody yeah. driving around talking to landlords, finding a couch. So every yep. time I hear our Republican friends tell me how bad the government is, I'm like, oh yeah, you want to do this on your own? You know, every time yeah. you hear uh, them say that the, the, the Government shouldn't be doing things that people should do for themselves or that nonprofit organizations or a lot of religious people don't want the church helping out. They want, you know, churches doing it. I'm like, okay, you want to you want to roll up the old sleeves, put the old gloves on there and start helping resettle some families. Oh, I mean, the Uh, whole thing about like, but it's a lot. Yeah. the, the, The church should be responsible for this stuff, not the government. Okay. The average church in the United States is 70 people. That's the average size. The average church in the United States is not a mega church. The average size of a church in the United States is 70 people. If those like and like you begin to do the math of like hmm. if if those 70 people, you know, make an average income in the United States and they tithe, then the average church in America has a budget uh, like a, a an annual budget of something like two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Best case scenario. Best case, and that's if everybody does exactly as they're supposed to do, which we know as pastors, former pastors, that that's not the case. Right. Then you begin to think about like, okay, if one person in that church has cancer that's not covered by insurance or some government program. And well, it's the church's responsibility to take care of their people. Okay, that one person getting cancer in that congregation is going to bankrupt that church. There's your entire and budget. that has, and that has, n- and completely right. leaving out, like I don't know, somebody from the community who doesn't go to that church. Right. You know, right. when only thirty percent of people in in, in America are even have yeah. an association with the church. Yeah, there's seventy percent that's like, what do you do for yes. them? Yeah, the whole pious thing of like, oh, well, the church should take care of this, not the government. Yep. That all sounds wonderful until you until you start doing the math. Yeah, and math the math the doesn't work. I, I I have concluded this with the with, and I used to vote for Republicans. Yeah, comfortably. Um, yeah, didn't ever identify really as one because I just wasn't someone still not who like uses politics as an identity nomenclature, but nomenclature, but. You know, I guess I was because I voted for him. At least I was when I, when I voted for him. You know, like that song, Are mm-hmm. You a Christian? Ma'am, I am tonight. You know, are you a Republican? I guess I was in the voting booth because I voted for one, you know, back in the two thousand early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know what they're up to. And I've now paid a lot of attention to it. And I think fundamentally, it is a math problem. <laughs> like <laughs> All the arguments that get made about... Uh, and, and I want to take Republicans seriously. I tr- try really hard... But man, there's just times where it's like you're either so ideologically committed to something, it just doesn't fundamentally work, or it only works for some of the people some of the time. And I feel like this is one of the big, not on a political spectrum, but another, whatever the other spectrum is of how we, you know, how we make decisions and lay things out, there are some people whose ideas work if all the conditions are right for some of the people, some of the time, but all of the people all the time, or most of the people, most of the time, I'm I'm just not, I'm not at all convinced that Republicanism 
uh, even in its best case scenario, right? Like I'm not talking about when it doesn't work or I, I don't want to straw, you know, I don't want to straw man somebody by comparing their worst to another version's best. No, d- yeah. the very best. Lay it all out there, you know, <laughs> give us a, give us a good solid pitch on what it is and then do the math and ask yep. yourself if that actually, if that actually works. Um, Rob, I'll, t- I'll tell you this too. Another little uh, little confession. Uh, it's fall cleanout time, and just about every fall, sometimes in the spring, every fall, I do a, a juice cleanse, like a yeah. dietary cleanse. Yeah, you you know this. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm starting one of those now, uh, and so for the next week or two or three or four, uh, it's going to be mostly liquids, mm, all fruits and vegetables, mostly yeah. vegetable juices, hopefully things get a little sweet in your mouth. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm endeavor today. Like this is, this is our whatever from last night when I, when I last ate. So I, I may chew a little bit of vegetables and I might chew a little bit of fruit, an apple or a banana here and there, um, for the first few days, because, uh, the, the sensation to eat when you're on a juice cleanse or juice diet is overwhelming, not the food, mm. I mean, the comfort foods, buddy. Oh, man. They're really carbs. <laughs> nothing but mm. bready carbs. Just nothing says love mm. to your stomach like a good bagel. Uh, but anyway, I, I, so I'm planning to be crabby. I bring all that up because there might be some uh, things, things we're going to do. Crabby. Yeah, I'm like, it's I'm good. not saying it's I'm good. going to, I'm not saying I'm intentionally going to be crabby. Yeah. I'm planning for the fact, oh, no, yeah. I'm going to be crabby because yeah. uh, I get yeah. super super crabby uh on these things especially the first three to three to five seven days and then 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 it sort of subsides and then everything starts feeling a little bit a little bit better so you said something you said something i want to i want to ask you about you said for the next week two weeks three weeks four weeks you you don't know how long you're going to do this for and it could stretch as long as a month i I would love that I i would love to do this for a month uh really but yeah, but I'm a born quitter. Uh, you know, the, the thing I do best is just to give up. Just real, stop. <laughs> real just, quitter. I'm just done. I'm uh, done. I, 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 you know, I've, I've, I've honed the skill of stopping important things before they're, before they're done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've done a 30 day juice cleanse before. Wow. Um, yeah. I and would what, like, and, I would like to do it again, but honestly, it's just really it. Not, not only is it hard, just kind of physically and just in the daily life, right? Like just every every day, but you do stop thinking about food about a weekend because um, you? you're getting a lot of nutrients, right? I, I I drink some Beeler's broth and some vegetable soup broths. You know, let vegetables go, away, you know, melt into the in the broth. So you you're not nutrition nutrition nutrient deficient. That's the whole point of this. You're, you're nutrient rich. So you have mm-hmm. lots of nutrients. Fiber is an issue. You got to take some fiber because you want to keep that wrong. Um, but man, the sensation of eating and, uh, and then all the social pieces of eating and all the mental stuff that goes along with eating, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big part of it. So if, if anybody's you know, into any of, have done any of that and want to give me any tips or put them in the chats or any of those things... Uh, so over the next couple of weeks uh, or month, uh, yeah. I might be, uh, might be really grabby on these podcasts. I can't wait <laughs> to do red hat, red hat, blue hat oh. next week when I'm, when I'm a <laughs> yeah. weekend and I'm just, oh. you know, like. Just, oh, uh, Casey, we need to, somebody needs to give Casey a heads up that, yeah, <laughs> that probably should. Krabby probably, Doug is coming in. Probably should warn him. <laughs> like, you know how long it's been since I've chewed food. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's a that's a thing. If anybody else is into that or wants to start any of that, and you want to chat about it, I'd be glad to. My wife's really good at guiding people through this. She's going to do it for a bit of time. She'll do like a three or five day uh, thing, at some point, maybe seven days. Um, and we're not. I've done it for years and years, and I'm I'm not as regimented you, now as I used to be about like the purity of it. Yeah. Right. So like I do you do you juice your own stuff? Are you so? Will I will I find you in front of a blender with like you know a carrot or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You fo- follow social media and it'll be like here's you know we'll 
put up some photos of running well, a juicer I, I, because people yeah, love that. I, they love that stuff. You just go to Whole Foods and buy it. <laughs> it doesn't seem, you know. You also can just get a lot more volume. Hmm. You know, it gets a little expensive. It's, it's surprising. You might think it's cheap, but it's it's not. Fruits and vegetables, it costs a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. when you get rid of all the fiber and you only take the juice part of it, <laughs> there's not very much left. I mean, you're just pounding carrots and you're pounding apples and you're like, how is it possible that I'm going to eat seven carrots, four pieces of celery, three tomatoes and an apple <laughs> in, in this? <laughs> well, you're not. You're going to, you know, all the fiber for that's going to, going to, yeah. most of the fiber that's going to go away in a, in a juicer. Yeah. So anyway. Just, hmm. just, just prepping up because it's fall, baby, yeah. and uh, that takes us to to this politics conversation. I, I think our uh, yesterday on the red hat blue hat chat, uh, Yabitz put a comment in, on on YouTube where he said, "I think we need a national timeout of thinking about and talking about all the things that divide us." It was an interesting kind of notion, you know, and I, that caused me because I was thinking about this. You know, I was going to be doing this cleanse. Like yeah, we kind of need a cleanse too. You just need to get the yeah. toxins out and get all the all the inflammation stuff out. Uh, but boy, it, it, I just feel the, the like the high inflammation diet metaphor of American politics kind of starts mm -hmm. right now. Like Congress is back, nonsense is already going on. Impeachment yeah. claims about Joe Biden are stirring up uh, Tommy Tuberville, causing all kinds of nonsense and trouble. <clears throat> so uh, lots of things for us to talk about. So, okay, we're only 21, 21 minutes in before we give people the promised the promised glory of, you know, a little yeah. politics. Yeah. Kimberly, you, you missed the opening. We, uh, you know, we, we missed having you along. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what do you want to talk about first here, Rob? You want to talk about, how, how, how about if we Joe, talk about... Uh, Joe Biden, you know... College football season started okay. uh, this weekend um, with a couple of there were a couple of really enjoyable um, upsets that I mean that I personally enjoyed, uh, especially Duke knocking off Clemson last night. I mm. really like that. Florida State knocking off uh, LSU was really enjoyable because I don't like Brian Kelly at all. And uh, as a Razorback fan, anytime uh, one of those SEC West teams loses is good news. Um, College football back. Uh, Deion Sanders, uh, my favorite, my favorite non-Cleveland Browns player of football player of all time. Um, you know, with a big win from Colorado, knocking off TCU. That was really fantastic. And Is exciting. he a coach or did he go back to finish yeah. a degree? Okay, no, he's a coach. He's a coach, and his two his two sons play for the team. His son is a quarterback. Threw for over five hundred yards. Uh, really a remarkable story. Um, came from uh, from Jackson State, which is an HBCU, and uh, you know Colorado was the only school that would hire him. Um, you know, as at a as, as a major university, and uh, the turned over the entire team. He had eighty six new players from on the, in the program from the from the uh, the uh, transfer portal. And turned over the whole team and went out and knocked off the team that played in the national championship game last year. I mean, Deion Sanders is, I mean, he's just the best. Absolutely wow. love him. Wow. The Arkansas Razorbacks won. The Ohio State Buckeyes won. And Tommy Tuberville, former head coach of Auburn, now senator of the in the United States from Alabama, continues even as we start another football season, he continues to just screw over the United States military. You know, I, I'm I'm not common to give a sports metaphor, but the secretaries of the Navy, Air Force, and Army have thrown a holding penalty on Tommy Tuberville. Huh? Okay. Think I'm the first one to use that in the last couple of days? I like so it. here's what's like happening. It. As a senator, senators are given a lot of privilege. And they can do a lot of things. They have a lot of power. And one of those pieces of power is they can hold up nominations just by holding them up, just by putting a hold on them. Yeah. And Tommy Tumberville and has chosen to do this. Can, with, I, can I just say parenthetically, they don't have to do it publicly. They can do it anonymously. They can hold oh, yeah, up nominations right. anonymously so nobody even knows who's doing it. 
at least Tommy Tuber Tuberill has the uh, the guts to tell us that he's doing this because what he's doing is really kind of reprehensible. And and so he's holding up the appointment of people to run the interface of these military operations, right? Yeah. For the Navy and the Air Force and the Army. Now, it used to be weeks ago when he was doing this, it was because he wanted the federal government to change its rules around access to abortion for people in federal systems, right? That's what he said it was. But now he says, well, we all know that the military is over bloated at the management level. So now he like wants to be one of these people that wants to come in with some business like acumen and suggest that there's too much middle management and we need to rethink how this is going to work. Now, look, I'm no fan of the military. I think we spend far too much money on the military. I think the culture of the military is, is interrelational and is groupthink and gets it wrong over and over and over. I think those are great conversations to have. If Tommy Tumberville wants to lead a national conversation on how do we structure the command structure of the military, okay, then do it. But to be a Republican who's basically saying, I think our military needs to be stripped of its leadership, what has happened to, the, to, to Republicans and conservatism? It's just absolutely bonkers. And this guy coming in like he, uh, I, I'm just going to be rude here. Like he knows what's going on. Now, maybe he yeah. does. People can know a lot of things from a lot of different professions, but does anybody really think Tommy Tuberville is the guy we should be listening to? Because it's really about some cultural cause yes. that he has a bunch of people in his world that want to continue to pressure the federal government yep. about abortion. And yes. now he's trying to say it's about the command and control structure and the funding levels in the United States military. Listen, it's just nonsense. Listen, I believe that we need people with expertise in all areas of government, not necessarily political expertise. I think people that bring expertise from other areas of life, so tremendously important. And when, you know, if Congress is going to take up, you know, NIL laws, the, the, uh, the name image licensing laws that are allowing college students, college athletes to be, be to be paid and to endorse products, Tommy Tuberville would be perfect to lead that kind of conversation. <laughs> you know, when when Congress debates whether or not Major League Baseball should have uh, antitrust um, exemptions, Tommy Tuberville seems like a perfect person to be involved in a discussion like that. When it comes to deciding how people are going to lead the United States military, I'm not convinced that Tommy Tuberville is the guy for the job. Right? Wow. Like it yeah, this guy. It's like this it's guy. like putting the punter, you know, in the backfield. Oh yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. What yeah. And wrong guy know, for the wrong position. Well, yeah. You know, and and whether Tommy Tuberville should be a senator or not is something for the good people of, of Alabama to decide, of course. But mm -hmm. probably wrong guy for the wrong the right position yeah hey, uh hey let's uh let's chat about the um age of biden this is yeah, a big it, thing I, for a lot of people a lot of polling yeah. is saying man people are really worried about him being too old it's yeah uh, I'm, I'm starting to be very concerned about this yeah did, did you hear the news that um that the first lady jill biden dr jill biden has covid has tested positive for covid I did because one of my COVID near on COVID denying, certainly COVID vaccine benefit denying friends texted me with a couple of screenshots and that article this morning saying uh, that people who have gotten the Moderna vaccine are more uh -oh. susceptible to the new variant of COVID. Uh oh. And that, as the Fox News headline put it, Twice vaccinated, fully boosted, mask wearing Jill Biden has COVID again. 
Yeah. Implication received that apparently vaccines don't work. Now they yeah. ended the pandemic and oh, saved millions heart. of lives and all the rest of it. But listen, the problem here was a marketing problem hmm. of using the word vaccine because the the vaccine, hmm. you know, the word vaccine ha- like people when they hear the word vaccine they think, "Oh, this means I'm never going to get it." That's not what this was. It's not what it ever was promised to do. It was, Hmm. you could still get it, but the symptoms will be greatly reduced. So Joe Biden, when you click on the the article and read, it says that she is experiencing some mild symptoms. You know why she's experiencing mild symptoms? Because she's fully vaccinated and boosted. Hmm. Is that that's why she's. I mean, that's like, like why that's, she's not that's scientifically in the that's scientifically uh, supported like this for this variant. I mean, are I they finding that the people I have they done those little tests on this one? Do you know? I have no idea, but I just, <laughs> OK. Yeah. Th- just, but the, you're saying that's the point of these of these vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. The point yeah. of the vaccines is not so that you never get the disease. The point of the of the vaccines is to make like to dramatically reduce the symptoms, and like these people that claim that oh, if you got vaccinated, if someone who got vaccinated gets COVID, that mean you know proves that the vaccines were you know yeah you know don't work. That you're totally missing the point. Yeah, that's not the that's not what they're supposed to do. As with mask wearing and some of the rest of the, the the rest of this, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's Donald Trump chose to politicize vaccines. Let's just be straight up about it. And the anti-vaxxer people, unless they're lifetime anti-vaxxer people, the COVID no no mask, no vaxxer people, they're just following the lead that they thought was coming from Trump. It's just it's just part of the the red hat download. So what they're now having to say is something different about the COVID than about all the rest of the things for which many of these people get vaccines for stuff in your life and they cover their mouths when they sneeze or they cover their mouths when they go into a a doctor, they want a doctor doing that. Of course. I mean, just, it's so just like taking normal, ordinary stuff and making wackadoodle out of it. Um, And look, if people want to relitigate COVID, like nothing better for the 2024 political situation than who were you happier with running COVID? The guy running the, do you think we could put the bleach in? Should we look into that idea, into the lungs? (laughs) Or, you know, the people who are... uh, uh, I had the light therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Could you you shine light in there? Would that be... I mean, mean, we don't want to wear masks or use a vaccine, but could you shoot some light into people's lungs? I don't know. Is that something we could yeah. look into? So I have you noticed that there the the masks and the quarantining, the shutdown and the vaccine mandates are being politicized, preemptively politicized again. Mm. Um, there, you, the the former president put out a uh, one of his little videos where he stands and talks into the camera, um, so he doesn't have to interact with uh, with reporters who might ask him difficult questions, and uh, and he put out a video where you know he talked about how you know we will not comply if uh, if there are mask mandates, vaccine mandates, or shutdown mandates. Um, you know, saying that, you know, he and his followers will not comply with those. And now a series of governors, including the governor of, of my own state here in Arkansas, have put out videos, um, you know, saying the same thing. So there are there's a movement of mm. Republicans that are preemptively getting out ahead of this saying uh, if there if there's a rise of covid cases and um Government governments want to enforce mass mandates. Governments or businesses or schools want to enforce mass mandates, um, vaccine mandates, or or shutdown mandates. 
we will not comply with that. And the implication that was given by Donald Trump in his in in his video um, is that um, the the real motivation of this um, kind of rise is that it is manufactured because there's an election coming, not because there's an actual rise in cases and these huh. things help to mitigate that. So, you know, the, the politica politicalization of COVID is huh. as strong as it's ever been. It's a little surprising to me that Trump is a not only a person out on bail in four different jurisdictions, but as a presidential candidate would be saying, they're manufacturing this in the media and the government because there's an election coming as if he's thinking people will not want to vote for him if they're talking about COVID. I'm not sure no, why no, no, they no. would he be manufacturing no, no, this. No, 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 it's it's not that. He tied it to mail-in ballots and the ability to, um, to steal an election via fraudulent voting okay. with mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots. I seem to remember Donald Trump voting by mail. Um, it's just a just a curious, yeah, curious thing. Look, it, the, the, there is um, if we end up with a COVID situation mm -hmm. like three years ago, where there oh. are refrigerator trucks being rolled into one of the largest cities in America because we don't know what to do with all the dead bodies. Ah. Uh. I would love to see these people tell us about them not doing shutdowns. All the tough governors, DeSantis and Huckabee Sanders and all these folks, they all got really brave after the risk of death was gone. They were all shutting down in March and April and May when people were sitting at home, not opening the packages on their front step because they were freaking out. Yeah. When there were 30,000 <laughs> people dead in an American yeah. city. Let's see how tough they are if that's what happens. Now, my own view is we held on to certain restrictions far beyond what seemed reasonable to anybody. Fair pushback on when should they stop. And these are all guesstimates and calls that people need to make. And people can judge whether they think cities and states uh, and individuals and businesses did it right. Everybody has a chance to to do that. But the fact of the matter is when this thing was really dangerous, they were all freaking out. DeSantis was shutting it all down in Florida. Rob, you and I were in Florida when they shut it down in Florida. I could barely fly back into Florida to pick yeah. up the equipment in our bus that we had to abandon because of DeSantis's rules about Florida. I, I had to get permission and I this had to get is proof that I didn't connect through New York to go to Florida. Remember that? Not yeah. only did the guy and shut down the state, the guy put in place that people from certain states couldn't even come there. Yeah. And this is one of the criticisms that Donald Trump has of Ron DeSantis. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's so funny because like, listen, they, you know, Donald Trump, all of these folks, it's this revisionist history. Totally. They want to take, they, you know, Trump wanted to take credit for vaccine, the vaccine, but now he wants to, you know, uh, you know, have his cake and eat it too. And saying oh, that, I you know, love that today. Oh, seriously. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or pie. Food metaphor. I'd love to have oh. a pie. You know how many pies I have downstairs? 18? I've got lemon meringue. I've got, <laughs> I've got a lemon meringue. I've got a coconut cream. I've got peach. And an apple pie all downstairs just waiting for me. And you know what I love, Rob, um, is that, you know, other yeah. people, Kimberly and Alex, who've said, hey, I, I joined in late. They're in the chat saying I joined in late. They have no idea why we're talking about how many pies you have in your basement. Or why why that would be, you know, <laughs> why a I difficult want topic for you. Why um, I want pie. Yeah. So, uh, listen, these, uh, the Republicans who, you know, they were, Donald Trump was in charge when COVID happened. Yeah. And, and he shut down he, the fed, the airports and the cruise ships. He left the cruise ships sitting off the coast. Remember that? Yeah. And so, you know, these folks who want to play to a radicalized base yep. of, you know, that are anti-vaxxers, that are, that are anti-mask, that are 
you know, anti shutting anything down. Mm -hmm. Um, they have to deny what they themselves did when things were tough, when things were, were dangerous. And and look, maybe it won't get dangerous again because so many people have been vaccinated because we have new protocols, because we have new understanding. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. A million people died. (laughs) I mean, let's, let's not be, uh, uh, dismissive of that most important fact. Here's why I think Can, the Joe Biden story, though, matters. Yeah. Is because for any of us that have an elderly or a immune compromised person in our lives, COVID gets a little more serious. Yes. And truthfully, this is why people worry about yes. Joe Biden because yes. we worry. If people have wondered why is there all the kerfluffle and why are people so worried? Because aged people have a harder time with life yeah, with Doug. all the things. And the presidency is an incredibly yes. stressful and difficult role when done right. And look, this was an issue with Ronald Reagan. This was an issue with Donald Trump when he was president. Yeah. Four years ago, he had to have a dementia test because people were concerned about his mental faculty. And then you get COVID on top of it. Person, man, One woman. Camera. Camera. TV. TV. Uh, yes. So great. Yeah. Um, just just a wonderful moment. Uh, yes. And 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 so it's a real concern, right? Um, yeah. And because look, I mean, we, we, we all, all vote for... watched. We all watched Mitch McConnell yet again mm-hmm. freeze up in the middle of a sentence. Terrifying to what like horrible to watch. And listen, we are no fans of Mitch McConnell. Oh, heartbreaking. We want we want Mitch McConnell to take his dim little light, you know, back to Kentucky and stop bothering the good people of this United States of America. But at the same time, you don't want to see someone like have a medical issue lot. Mitch McConnell is going to die on television. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, like it's it. it, You see people and like (laughs) guarded with pies in your face. (laughs) <laughs> you know uh it it is it is deeply disconcerting to see people struggle like this mm-hmm. and you know whether you like them or not whether they're on your team or not yes I, like i am not on mitch mcconnell's team and i do not like watching him struggle like he is doing and i do not want to see joe biden no. you know do the same thing and yes the age of these folks whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell or Dianne Feinstein, it is a like, I, it feels like the country is having a serious reckoning with this of like, wait a minute, are we, are we sure that yeah. we want yeah. people in their eighties to be in charge of everything? And listen, I, this is not an ageist thing. I voted for Joe Biden and, yeah. and uh, you know, and happily, and you know would again especially if he's running against donald trump um but i think there's a serious reckoning happening with i hear across like one of the things that absolutely unites americans with all of our divides one of the things that when i talk to my conservative friends here consistently is why can't we have some younger people leading the country like that seems to be something that is co- a sense that is completely bipartisan, that there is, there is a desire for some younger leadership in yep. the country. Yeah. And, and there's, there, there is real concern. It's, it's on the rise and because of the way age works, people it's get older away. every yeah. day, <laughs> yeah. just gets older. And, and look, yeah. we all vote for a presidential ticket. Mm-hmm. But nobody's really seriously considering that they're all they're voting for two presidents at the same time. That's yeah. we try to raise that in politics. People try to talk about it, you know, that this person is going to be one heartbeat away from the presidency. But that's not really how we. And then you get somebody with a, a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it is concerning. Um, so the fact that Jill Biden has, I know people are talking about, oh, let's talk about the vaccine. 
a bunch of people, and I'm sure around, you know, the president are saying to themselves, like, hey, let's let's use the two bedrooms upstairs for a couple of weeks, right? Like, we don't need Joe Biden getting any version of COVID. Yes. Because you might remember that the former president came down with a really bad case of it, and oh. they were really, really worried. And then they gave him that magical drug to yeah. pop him out of it, and, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, and he, I, my, one of my favorite parts history. of his presidency, one of my favorite moments of his presidency was when he came out after he recovered from COVID or was on the road to recovering from COVID, and his staff had to keep him from opening up his shirt and revealing a Superman T-shirt underneath it. Uh, just one of the greatest what could have been moments of the Trump presidency. Yeah, just really missed out, didn't we? All of us seeing yeah, him. Absolutely. Like Bruce Springsteen ripping his shirt open to reveal what's underneath. And for him, it's the logo of a fictional character. I mean, there would be nothing more clear about Don yeah. the, the falsehood of Donald listen, Trump than that he's listen, pretending listen. to be a pretend character. Just, <laughs> right? Like, it's not like you ripped it open and there was a real human being that you're revealing. You're revealing literally a cartoon character that is a superhero that you are not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and honest yeah. to goodness, and, and, please, and Jesus, let us, let us see that someday and not have it be on one of his NFT little trading cards. Yeah, I don't know if you took your partner to the uh, the Bruce Springsteen concert. I took my partner to the Bruce Springsteen concert. And when his shirt came unbuttoned, I was a little bit nervous. I was going to lose my partner to a uh, an, an elderly Bruce Springsteen. To a 70-year-old 70 year old man. Hey, um, Congress is back now. They've got a long list of things. And on that list are yeah. impeachment threats from the House, that the House is up to impeachment threats. And it's just going to be a fall of chaos. Because there's there's a few things happening in politics. And Rob, you're good at describing this for people. So getting your lay of the land for the next few months is going to be super helpful. We do have a presidential election, which is the only election we do in the United States that is a countrywide election processed through state uh, apparatus and state elections. But that's where you vote for everybody. Most people are voting, or mo most people who you're voting for is a subset of mm -hmm. your city or a subset of your county or of your congressional district. So your state elections, you have a bunch of statewide candidates, but then you have a bunch of people that are only running in your congressional district. And what happens is when Congress is in the, in the balance and the presidency is in the balance, you have two different realities going on. One of those is win the presidency by getting 270 electoral college votes. And the other is get enough people in Congress, in the House and the Senate, to be aligning with your political party, Democrats or Republicans. So you could easily see a process by which what the House rep leaders are doing is behaving in a way as to try to win the House. What the Senate is going to be doing is try to behave in a way to win the Senate. Those are statewide races. And then what the administration is going to be doing is trying to position things to win across multiple states to win a national election. And that's what goes on. And so you get this swirl, especially when the Senate and the, and the administration are in one party, as it is now, and the House is in the hands of another party, we don't get this very often. This is a strange set of conditions by which there are multiple approaches going on to try to uh, motivate the behavior of particular voters. It's just really fascinating. So what McCarthy is up to is different than what Schumer is up to, which might be different than what the Biden administration is up to. Yeah. And, you know, what What Kevin McCarthy... is. Kevin McCarthy is in a is in a, a a difficult position. It's a difficult position of his own making, and I have no sympathy for him. But I will recognize that it's a difficult position for him. I kind of relish the fact that he's in a difficult position. He has a number of 
um, masters that he's seeking to serve. Um, he has to try to serve and appease Donald Trump. Um, and so, you know, what Donald Trump wants is the expungement of his, his, his impeachments, um, as well as I would think the, he wants investigations into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Um, Kevin McCarthy also has to try to appease the um, the Freedom Caucus within mm -hmm. the House of Representatives, which is strong conservatives with uh, you know a lot of Trump loyalty who have a lot of opinions about things. Kevin McCarthy also has to appease the people that helped to get him in power. Um, he owes, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, mm -hmm. he owes a lot to someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's now on the outs with the Freedom Caucus, has been kicked out of the Freedom Caucus. Has she really? She's, she's been kicked yeah. out from the club? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yes, she was kicked out of the Freedom oh, Caucus. There's a, a rift between her and, and Lauren Boebert. And so what's interesting there is it becomes competing. There's actually been multiple... Um, um, uh, articles of impeachment filed against uh, Joe Biden. And, and, you know, so Kevin McCarthy has to, you know, has to navigate, okay, am I going to go with Lauren Boebert's or am I going to go with Marjorie Taylor Greene's? And, you know, what, what are the implications of that if I, if I do that? Uh, but I think most importantly, Kevin McCarthy has to navigate the reality of rep vulnerable Republicans who are in Democratic mm -hmm. districts mm -hmm. or districts that could be Democratic. So someone like Don Bacon in Nebraska, too. Um, Nebraska's second congressional district, uh, Don Bacon is a, is a Republican who won there in a district that was won by Joe Biden. Um, or you've got, you know, the, the guys in West Michigan, who, uh, mm -hmm. who is it? Bill Heisinger. Um, is it Heisinger who's still in there? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Um, you know, who won in West Michigan in a district that was won by Joe Biden. So you've got folks like this that like the last thing they want is right. some kind of partisan witch hunt that is going to um, might excite, you know, the 30% MAGA base to, to impeach Joe Biden, um, but is going to endanger right. them in their races. And so Joe, so Kevin McCarthy has all of these competing interests. And so I, what, what I've heard is that he might do is rather than go through the official, there's an official process that you go through when a president is impeached that, um, that begins with the creating of a, of a committee to do an investigation. Uh, but it's, it's all very straightforward. What I, what I've heard that he might do is he might bypass some of those beginning steps and just set up a committee to investigate Joe Biden. So what, what he might end up doing is yeah. trying to satisfy the radical folks who want to, you know, have the Hunter Biden red meat thrown at them and have the rumor and innuendo that they can use against Joe Biden on Fox News and Newsmax and and One American Network, while at the same time, so they can say we're impeaching Joe yes. Biden, mm -hmm. while at the same time, give cover to those who are like the Don Bacons and the Bill Heisingas, those Republicans who would face difficulty in their reelection bids, be able to say, oh, well, that that's not really an impeachment. And and, you know, so I think he's going to try to have, you know, the best of both worlds, have it, you know, his way. Um, while at the same time trying to navigate a, a government shutdown and all of the, you know, the important things that yeah. are taking place in the country. Well, that's very well said. And like the government shutdown thing is not happening. The the Republican financial overlords have told McCarthy, you're not shutting down the government. They're just not going to do it. 
it's it, it comes up all the time because it's just a thing we should you know we should all worry about you know it's like yeah. you're laying in bed at night and you're like did somebody lock the door yeah but these are not real worries that you need to have yeah. these are but, the the this is this has been settled but it'll but keep coming up things, pass a budget pass a budget the reason we have or these not. government shutdowns <laughs> and their the continuing resolutions is because congress has a constitutional duty to pass a budget and every year they don't do it yeah. and it does i think Republican we're actually in a post-budget world now though I, I just think then, it doesn't make any difference. We're just past the rules it. Need to, rules need to be changed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I really do feel like there used to be a time where that was important because the budget was constrained and was seen by America as a indicator of a lot of things. And it's a moral document or it shows that there was a reduction. And But we've just given... It doesn't perform anymore. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah. So now it's just series of, I mean, honestly, it's like a lot of businesses and a lot of family budgets and personal budgets function. And I'm not trying to equate the, the, the this is right. Yeah. I'm just speaking about the role of budgets in what you yeah. actually spend. You can put a budget together and say to people, yeah. here's how much money you have for this thing. You know, I can decide I'm going to yeah. spend, you know, $17 on lunch. But if I spend $31 on lunch, I just get it later from somewhere like that's what we've decided to do with the federal government. I mean, it just doesn't be, as we know, because Congress can decide how much money they have, they can just make the money happen. So we're really in a place now where like budgetary fights are just, mm. I don't know. I feel like they're, I feel like they're being set aside. Um, yeah. But, but, it'll, but it's going to stay there because as you say, these people need something to say, not only do their constituents because they want to win, but because it drives so much support, financial support. So yeah. why does Marjorie Taylor Greene want this? Not because she feels like her seat is at risk, although we're going to do all we can to make sure that it is at risk. So if you want to be part of that fund, join Vote Common Goods effort in, in northern Georgia, uh, you know, in 2024. She's doing it because it causes millions of people to send money that then is going to help these other candidates. So it's a fundraising because again, we've decided that small dollar donors is the future of American politics. If you want to know what this all goes back to, it's financial contributions that are. Uh, I'm going to go back on that old rant again because my gosh, could we not just name the cause of some of this, uh, some of this problem? So that's going to happen, and I think you're right. They're going to come up with some way that people can say, "Oh no, we do have a, a an impeachment inquiry going." which will satisfy the, the taste, the bloodthirst. And then others can say, it's just a procedural thing. We're not voting to impeach, to impeach Joe Biden. Um, and frankly, what I would love as much as anything, oh, impeach him. Yeah, have a full trial. Let's put it all out there. Let's get sleeveless Jim Jordan, jacketless Jim Jordan, and get old Comer out there finding their number one witness that's, you know, on the lamb because he's under federal indictment to come tell us again what the crimes are that he's being impeached for. I mean, the best way to put an end to this nonsense is to make them have to show up and say, here's the basis of impeachment. Yep. The worst thing is to say we should impeach him because we have the right to impeach him without it ever being called to the table. I, I, I just think they should call the bluff on these jokers and um, let them let them go ahead and try to have yeah. a trial in the House about yeah. this because it won't pass because yeah. there's too many Republicans who are in those districts, 18 of them or more, and then others who are just like, no, we're not doing this. That's not how this is going to go. McCarthy knows it, and he doesn't want to embarrass those Freedom Caucus impeachment people. So what they're they don't want it either. So they're all going to yeah. say he should be impeached. He should be impeached because you know it's the yep. It's the fake punch trick, uh, and that's what yep. they—that's what they want. Yep. These these cats. Hey, but you know what's not a fake punch? Is being uh, convicted to eighteen years of federal imprisonment. Do you know who that happened to? Yeah, old Enrique, the president of the. Did Proud he get Boys. eighteen years? Yeah. Has it, was he was he sentenced today? I know. It, I didn't know. If... Uh, Friday, and you know what he said uh, after he was sentenced? Trump, Trump won. won. That's what he hollered. 
the Oath Keepers, I when they were sentenced to 18 was... years and 17 years, one of them broke down in tears begging for mercy and apologizing and saying, I was lied to by Donald Trump, and I don't believe any of that nonsense anymore. So it's yeah. good to know that two-thirds of the people who were convicted last week of the of the highest yeah. you know, years just, in prison yeah. for their in, it, involvement in this grand conspiracy, two-thirds of them said it was malarkey, and one of them doubled down. Yeah, and just for just for clarity, um, I th on Friday it was Joe Biggs who was convicted and sentenced to eighteen years. Enrique um, finds out today. Oh, his his what, sentence comes yeah, down today. His, he's yeah. It was, so it was delayed. Biggs who yelled. It was yeah. It was yeah. It was it was delayed because the judge got sick. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, that's all part of a grand conspiracy, I'm sure, because yeah. you know, we'll be hearing and, that in prosecutors. I, well, are I apologize for losing for, track of my yeah. Proud Boys uh, yes, in there in the crimes that they have committed. Well yeah. done, uh, uh, American patriots, that yeah. you're being convicted um, of sedition against the yeah. United States of America. Yeah, and and prosecutors are asking for 33 years. Um, yeah. This judge has been sentencing. Um, these proud boy leader leaders to, you know, lengthy terms, but not as long yeah. as the prosecutors have been asking. So I think we expect, um, um, you know, something in that 17, 18, maybe even 20 years uh, for Enrique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's real. And it tells you that these, these things, it's been a long time since January 6th, 2021. Yep. It takes a while. And yeah, then they and go to the, jail. And the strategy was to start with start small and work your way up to the big fish. And we're now we're now at some of the big fish. Yeah. And, I mean it's and, yeah. and yeah. You know, leading to Donald Trump being the you know the the white whale of this whole thing. Yeah. The and big the, the white he is going to be convicted whale. if he doesn't um, plead out. Yeah. And he's going to yeah. see it coming and he's going to see this kind of uh, yeah. track record. And he can say all he wants that the judge should recuse himself or herself. He can say it all he wants. The judges aren't going to recuse and he's going to be convicted. Mm -hmm. So he's going to plead out and he's not going to be the nominee on the ballot come November 2024. And with him Lips not to God's being... Ear. And with him not being the nominee on the ballot, um, Joe Biden will feel like he doesn't need to be uh, on the ballot either. And that's why it's going to be Gavin yeah. Newsom against uh, Greg Youngkin. Yeah, you think Glenn it's against Youngkin. Young, against Youngkin? I think it's going to be uh, a Newsom versus DeSantis. That's my, that's my guess. It's going to oh, be really? Florida, DeSantis California. Big political comeback. Though I've been hearing... Well, he's second I, in the polls. I, it's totally anecdotally, but I heard uh, I heard this week that there is a um, one former Trump supporter in my life who uh, is now a big fan of Nikki Haley. So sure, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, but but look, the, the right. Nikki Nikki Haley might be qualified. Nikki Haley has some things that Republicans are going to be excited about, but she doesn't scratch the identity itch for people. Mm. The reason yeah. it's going to be Ron DeSantis if it's not Donald Trump is because th the base of the party, 40 to 50%, wants someone who's just a character mm. to play the role yeah. of the vanquisher of, the, of their enemies. As, as Jim put it in the, in the chat, so many people think about politics as a sport like football, teams and sides and all the rest. And, Totally 100. Because people think about football. People think about football as if it's real life. That That's the that's the weird thing. Wait, wait a minute. Wait people a minute. compare their politics and think about it like football because they look at football and other sports as if that's the real lens by which you understand life. The, the, they're in line. Like the problem isn't just that we think about politics like sports. is that we think about sports... Like it's the real thing of life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pro football season starts uh, this this week. Uh, so go Browns. 
Cleveland Browns. Yep. Hey, we were having a conversation about the other Cleveland team, uh, the the Guardians. Uh, the, yeah, the uh, Cavs. And, and it was with uh, I. I knew you know the, the Guardians. Thank you. Uh, I, I knew you know that the Guardians had formerly been the um, the uh, the Indians. Thank you. I wasn't going to say that. You're unbelievable. We're going to get banned now. That was um, that was their name. We're going to get we're going to get a community strike on YouTube. No, we're not. Um, oh. But so it was with two people in my family, uh, an aunt and somebody else, and they were just like, "The guardian? What? What is that? Like a roller derby thing? Like that's a what? What were they before?" And they were trying to remember, and it was such a little reminder that there's this whole segment of the world. Who could describe for you all the people in politics? But when it comes to the nicknames of professional sports teams from Cleveland oh, or elsewhere, yeah, you can do it. Just Listen, no clue. Holy- and other people, it is the lens by which they understand yeah. Yeah. life on this rock. Helene is suggesting in the chat that uh, we should go have a Bud Light. And <laughs> Helene, I, I, I'd say a couple of things. One, Thank you for suggesting that we wrap up because it, it probably is time for us to wrap up. And two, I happily drink Bud Light because because I love America and I hate myself. <laughs> I drink Bud Light because it's just a delicious I, beverage. I know. You, it's not yeah, much yes, of a beer, you, but it's a you great love beverage. The, you love the Bud Light orange. Oh, man. Drink. You find a Bud Light orange somewhere and... Uh, that would perk up my spirit. I I might find a way to call that a vegetable or a fruit, the fruit of the grain and enjoy. I'm with you. you. Well, Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks Helene for your great comments. Uh, thanks Alex, uh, Kimberly, Jim, Mike, boy, it's just, it's great. It's it's good. Brandon. Yep. Brandon tried for a Bruce Springsteen quote. Everything that dies someday comes back. Appreciate that. Yeah. This, this was up. I'm not sure exactly what this is, but that's from uh, Twitch. So if you follow us over on the gaming place where there are thousands and thousands of people live streaming right now on Twitch with thousands and thousands of people watching them, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have uh, one of the spammers uh, hop on our thing because that's, oh, totally, that's totally what that is. Uh, Velvez, by the way. Yep. Yep. Right. Hey, but thanks all. Uh, we'll be back with a... a, a podcast tomorrow, probably of one of our interviews. We did a number of interviews in a number of places, including at the um, the, the Parliament of the World Religions. Um, and, uh, boy, we just had a wacky time. Uh, so we're going to have some have some videos for you tomorrow, and we'll be back. So thanks all, and uh, enjoy your pie in your basement, Rob. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were closing out. I was...